Hello and welcome to season two of Social Work Journeys, a podcast brought to you by the Graduate School of Social Work and Social Research at Bryn Mawr College. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Mary Florence Sullivan and I am your host. Social Work Journeys was created to showcase our incredible community. We feature conversations with GSSWSR students, alums, faculty, and staff, where we talk about their journeys through social work and all the peaks and valleys they've traversed along the way. We hope our podcast gives you some insight into the many pathways a career in social work can present and will help answer some questions that might come up as we explore the world together. Today, we are joined by Cynthia Chalker, a member of our Board of Advisors and an alum of the GSSWSR. Cynthia reflects on her journey into social work as well as her experience on our Board of Advisors. I'm so excited and honored today to have Cynthia Chalker with us, a member of our Board of Advisors at the Graduate School for Social Work and Social Research. So welcome. If you could please introduce yourself. I know I gave a brief introduction already, but if you could please introduce yourself, uh, pronouns and interests, either personal, professional, both. One doesn't matter, but if you could just give a little introduction. Okay. Um, hi, um, I'm Cynthia Chalker. I am, uh, my pronouns are she, her. I have, I'm a graduate of the Graduate School of Social Work and Social Research. I graduated in 1998. Um, I have um, the MSS, but I also have the MS. Um, MSLP. Oh yes, um, yeah. The law and social policy. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's no longer here. I think. No, whatever. Yeah, yeah it I, got I, subsumed by. Yeah, there's else, like a macro program now, and one of a yeah. PhD uh, PhD candidate also, I believe, did that as well. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, so it's gotten it's gotten integrated into other courses. Uh, yeah. Um. So I. Um, as you said, I'm on the board of advisors for Social Work School, and I'm also a, I'm a, a trustee of the college. I'm on the board of trustees. So um, I play kind of a dual role uh, yeah. in my, um, you know, not only my interest, but also my commitment to the school social work. Um, my experiences and my um, degrees specifically have really um been so beneficial to me and the the work that I do, but even sort of how I organize my my I don't know my life, but you know yeah. definitely it's it's been it's been a great a, a great addition to um, the toolbox as it's yeah. Thank you so much. So you were mentioning how you're an alum of the school too, which is really exciting. And mm-hmm. it's always special to talk to alums and mm-hmm. hear about their experiences and their journeys through graduate school and beyond. But I always, I feel like every time I talk to somebody, I always talk about how people come to social work for a variety of reasons. Sometimes yeah. we are very fortunate in our school to have a lot of career changers or people who did something mm-hmm. For a long time and then 
had an experience that made them want to come back to school and specifically chose social work. So if you could just share why, why you applied to social work school initially and what your journey was like either before or afterwards, right. like maybe before and afterwards, um, your career. Right. So I, um, I guess I should say, um, I'll start with the end first. Uh, now I, uh, am a, uh, clinical social worker, licensed clinical social worker in New York. And then I also, um, have, and I also trained as a psychoanalyst. And so I, had a practice, uh, my own private practice now for about 10 or 11 years. Um, so like I said, you know, that that's the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's kind the, of 10 years is amazing. <laughs> right. Um, but I, uh, before I went to social work school, I, um, my undergraduate degree is from James Madison University. And I graduated with a uh, a bachelor's in history, American history. And then I went to um, graduate school for a master's in history because I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I didn't want to go home. Um, I'm originally from the DC area. <laughs> so um, I was studying for a final um, and uh, someone I work with in the career placement office just because work study. Um, and they put it, so the, the woman put an application in front of me and said, here, I know you're interested in museums, fill this out. Um, I filled it out, forgot about it. Um, taking a break from studying for an exam, got a mailbox. You've been accepted to the Smithsonian's, um, minority oh, wow. fellowship program. Um, since I grew up in DC, have a love of history, Yeah, and, you know, absolutely love museums, absolutely loved every oh my gosh um, that, that, that was that was the playground that was my yeah. playground as a kid you know it was like you have a half day in school great well yeah go down to the mall and, and do museum so I um I was chosen to work with the curator of the um women's history first lady gowns so all that mm -hmm. that was kind of a special day so um this was in oh, <laughs> 1988 I think and so I ended up, um, she was, she was not well. I mean, her mom wasn't well, so she wasn't able to really work mm -hmm. with me. Mm -hmm. So I was, but I was so excited to be in the yeah. American History Museum. I mean, That's literally, incredible. like I knew every crevice, every floor. So <laughs> it was amazing. Yes, that sounds um, great, honestly. <laughs> yeah, so I, um, so, but I was answering phones. I was doing whatever just to stay busy and the, um, and they just hired um, a, a head of the political history division, um, Lonnie Bunch, who, you know, after a while, he saw me answering phones and running errands. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and so I said, well, I'm just excited to be here. And he's like, so come work with me. And so I worked. So I, I finished up my fellowship and then um, stayed on uh, to work as a curatorial assistant with him. And got to do great things like um, worked on a land grant college, black land grant college exhibit where I got to go and mm. travel to schools in the South that were land grant schools. So Tuskegee and um, all, you know, just amazing places, mm -hmm. you know, in yeah. Alabama and um, 
Delaware was, yeah, you know, Delaware, all schools that were land grant, um, mm -hmm. separate but equal, Plessy versus Ferguson meant mm -hmm. that, you know, public colleges had to have a separate school for black students. Um, so I did that and um, loved it. And then one day Lonnie looked at me and he said, you need to go, you need to go work at another place to mm. have get experience because if you stay here you'll get stuck because it was a you know by then I was a federal employee yeah um decent benefits you know family mm -hmm. there he's like you gotta get out of here so <laughs> um I mean but he took me to every conference he went to most meetings he sat in on on different things um he included me it was the, wow. one of the best work professional experiences yeah. I ever had and I learned so much um, and mostly I learned to say please and thank you and yeah. to treat everybody with the same level of respect and and just um, well-being. And it's it's a it's a lesson that I've employed 150 times over my Yeah, what an incredible mentor too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then so I moved to Philly. I had taken a job at Police Touch Museum where I was the um, material culture. Okay. curator um so um all the things that that entails you know mm -hmm. from placing objects and exhibits to also collecting mm -hmm. um you know toys and doing history of you know certain things so you know barbie did it already yeah so it's great um and then i after a few years, I took a job at the Balsh Institute, which was mm -hmm. a museum of um, the immigrants of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And but it was also an archives, again, um, the Philadelphia immigrant experience. Mm -hmm. And um, I did that for a bit. But the um, landscape in Philadelphia for um, arts funding was drying up. And it was, you know, we had to do a lot of advocating to the state and the city to sort of get funding. Um, that was getting boring for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but also, um, you know, I was doing, you know, and, and luckily, you know, every job was a career move, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean? mm -hmm. um, but it meant that I was doing more planning of exhibits and much more admin stuff than mm -hmm. um than collecting and yeah. being a part, putting together, you know, nuts and bolts putting together. Mm -hmm. exhibits. I was becoming, uh, um, what do you call it? Project manager, mm -hmm. which, you know, you know, people <laughs> are like, oh, what's a, you know, what's a curator do or what yeah. the director of a museum do? And I'm like, yeah. I just have a really good role in the decks. That's my job. It's like, I call people and I arrange things. Um, <laughs> But, you know, so the combination of things, um, but I had also started volunteering in the community um, and, um, you know, be, uh, I didn't come out as queer until I was in my 20s, my mid late 20s. So um, when I moved to Philly, that was a time to sort of get involved in the, in the mm -hmm. queer community here um, in, in Philly. I was doing a lot of that stuff. I was doing some other things with um, the church I belong to. And so I was thinking that I didn't want to, I didn't want to do a PhD in history um, mm -hmm. and 
because of my volunteer work and, and just even working for the nonprofit museums. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I was, I was starting to feel kind of insecure <laughs> that, um, that because I didn't have a PhD in history mm -hmm. that I somehow was going to limit myself. Yeah. And so it was like, um, so I, I got really sort of fixated on the idea of if I'm going to work for nonprofits, if I'm going to run nonprofits, I probably, um, I probably should, you know, consider, you know, how I can go about getting skills and credentials, mm -hmm. which is how I landed in the social work school. It was law school yeah. or social work school. Yeah. And, that, <laughs> and I had done all of this before I was between the ages of 22. And I don't think I was quite 30 when I went to law school. I mean, when I went to social work school, I chose... I chose Bryn Mawr as a law social, social policy program. And okay. uh, incredible yeah. that, that that was all before you turned 30, that whole journey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, went to social work school, studied the, um, in the not clinical track, yes. I think. <laughs> and, and I think it was community advocacy and, and mm -hmm. something else, or advocacy community. And, mm -hmm. um, and the law and social policy part was really fascinating. And I, mm -hmm. I feel like I gained a lot of knowledge and information, but also um, what I was also able to do was sort of um, through my field placements, one was at the attic, which is a, mm -hmm. um, uh, it's a um, center that helps specifically um, gay, queer um uh, young people mm -hmm. and it was it, it was still a pretty young organization when mm -hmm. I did my internship there um but I learned a lot about um how an organization runs a social service organization right. runs yeah. and the different um constituencies you have to um think about and care mm -hmm. about um along with fundraising which yeah. I had done a lot of in um, my museum work so um that was my first internship I mean field placement and then my second field placement was um actually on the main campus of Bryn Mawr and oh, wow. that was um they had just started this office um office for institutional diversity um mm. and it encompassed a lot of things including um you know my my boss was um Soyla Errol and and she that on the president's cabinet, she worked with student services. She, you know, was part of faculty hiring and training. She, you know, so she mm -hmm. was, and and um, she she started some affinity groups, or they were already been there, and she she sort of gathered them into her office. And so, um, I worked with the affinity groups that year. Um, and it was really interesting and fascinating. And I got to know the school. I got mm -hmm. to know, um, you know, the lives and ups and downs of, of college students. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, private selective colleges. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't go to one. I didn't know about them mm -hmm. um, until I, I uh, came to Philadelphia, actually. So, um, yeah. So um really enjoyed it really enjoyed my field placements um 
got to work closely with students um, and working with them, working with student services on trainings and mm -hmm. uh, diversity issues as they were called <laughs> back then. Yeah. <laughs> a long, long time ago. Um, so I, I, um, uh, the social school was, was really um, meaningful to me. Um, it was one of, it was a, an opportunity to um, Ruth Maiden was the dean of the school of the social work school when I attended um, Black Woman, and then the um, admissions person was Nancy oh God, Kirby. Mm -hmm. I've heard, and yeah, so, I've never met Nancy Kirby, um, but I've heard so many yeah, things yeah. About her. So she was she was pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> there were a lot of black students, I, mm -hmm. you know, because back then um, it was, it was only a daytime program. Mm, okay. And so one of the things that ha had to happen was I had to give up my full-time job. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I'm barely 30. Right. But I was used to an office with a door. I was used yeah. to an admin. I was yeah. used <laughs> to, you know, being in charge of my day. Um, and so that was a little bit of a come down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, when am I supposed to, you know, stay on hold with the electric company for yeah. <laughs> you know, an hour and a half? Like, you know, I don't have a door. I don't have, you know, <laughs> I don't have a phone that I can put people on hold and do other yeah. things while I wait. Um, but it was, but this, the experience of the program was good. Um, but it, it was one of these situations where, because it was a full-time program, yeah. um, there weren't, I think maybe there were five, mm -hmm. six black full-time students. Mm -hmm. um, all of, you know, the, the people who are my friends, you know, we all had experience sort of navigating, mm -hmm. you know, um, majority white, you know, academic spaces. So, mm -hmm. um, but there were definitely moments where, you know, we were left to have to explain to mm -hmm. the people. Um, and at that moment, most three quarters of the class or even seven eighths were um, were um, career changers. Oh, interesting. Or people that had lots of work experience and then okay. come to get their, their degree, social work degree. Um, so it was, it was an interesting moment to um, be students with you know fellow students with people who really did not have any experience mm. with people of color mm. uh, black people um so you know every now and then you get exasperated yeah, <laughs> uh, things that got said that you're just like uh, I mean you know not only from my classmates but also from um instructors so Sure. I was going to ask that actually, if it, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was, and it was, you know, there was a shift sort of in the, in the way, I think from what I can tell there was, I was part of a sort of new sort of shift in how people thought about social work and the opportunities you could, you could have mm -hmm. um, with a social work degree. That's so, interesting. What, yeah. at that time, when you say a shift, was it a, what kind well, of, well, I, I, I think um I think or I feel like a lot of people like 
the people I was that were in my class mm -hmm. came to do clinical okay you know came yeah to do the clinical track and it it's an it was you know it, you know but Bryn Mawr has an amazing reputation you know um for good reason mm -hmm. but uh they have a good reputation but um but that meant that those of us who were on the you know sort of the macro track um there weren't as many of us right uh, okay. and you know kind of felt like a fish out of water sometimes yeah yeah um, but the um, law and social policy program was really spectacular uh Raymond Albert yes was, I've also heard yeah. so many incredible things about um him. and and just the classes were really good and fit more of what I was experiencing mm -hmm. you know in my nonprofit work um and even my museum work Mm -hmm. um, so it was so it was a wild time uh, I worked <laughs> part time um, at uh, Project Home and mm -hmm. the um, homeless shelter mm -hmm. that, like, that's what I did for money mm -hmm. um, and, and another one of my jobs was to work at I don't know if it was run by Project Home or not but it was an AIDS uh, I don't use the word anymore um it was a place uh, for AIDS patients. And at that mm -hmm. moment in time, people were still dying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it, it was just moving to sort of a, 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 to be thought of as a, a more of a chronic illness mm -hmm. as opposed to probably, I mean, it, it's all uh, hospice. They called themselves, it was the AIDS okay. hospice. Wait, so people, people weren't dying at, that, at a quicker rate. So it was shifting to a, what services are needed for this population. Okay. Um, so, um, so it was about housing, it was about um, addiction, it was about um, trauma, lots of trauma. So um, I had some other, so just outside of my school experience, I also had experience with that. Um, graduated <laughs> um, and then went to work <laughs> it was part of uh again somebody put something in front of me fill it out <laughs> um and this was for um the federal government ran a program for masters students with master's degrees to come work there um it was 850 interviews sure um, yeah and then but they would start you off at a GS like 12, so like a higher salary than you would mm -hmm. if you came in um, as a GS, you know, I don't know, five, six, seven, to professionalize and mm -hmm. to shore up um, organ uh, agencies that, you know, overall in the federal government at that moment, there was high for many years. Um, I guess during the Reagan administration, can't remember who came after him. It was a Democrat, but he was. Uh, it was it was Clinton, but you know there had been a freeze on hiring the federal government, mm -hmm. so they were losing people. They they were mm -hmm. coming to a what we call now a cliff, right? Where everybody's yeah. ready to retire and they're yeah. So that was the the intent of the program. Um, I ultimately I chose to work for the social security administration oh wow that's um, and, yeah um 
it wasn't a great experience. it wasn't <laughs> no. from a, like no. kind of understanding the inside but I can also see how that would be yeah I mean what they do best is the right check at the right place at the right time right and yeah. there's a lot of administrative things that happen that are just um it's convoluted and again a lot of people were, were retiring so right. there wasn't a lot of leadership yeah, you know, like, like, but anyway, so I was able to switch to the Norristown office. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, and it, you know, was more hands on with people, mm -hmm. and it was fine. Um, and then I got a call from Soila saying yeah. that her office, um, she'd been given a full time, um, FTE, uh, mm -hmm. to, to, and so um, she asked me to apply oh. for, a, you know, an associate position in her office and so um went through all of the things and she was you know got hired and so then I was an employee of Bryn Mawr College for real <laughs> and um uh you know work with Soyla did a lot of you know a lot of things with students and uh, students of color but also sat in on a lot of um high level meetings and mm -hmm. you know and Soyla was also like a great mentor in that way mm -hmm. she's like wherever right. I go you go yeah uh, <laughs> well you know and and so it, it was interesting it was fascinating I'd never been again I did you know I didn't grow up mm -hmm. knowing about these schools or you know aspiring to go to these schools mm -hmm. as undergraduates so it was a it was a um it was a learning yeah so um one of the one of the great things was just all the people I got to work with in different ways. Faculty, I was part of faculty hiring. I was part of the president's cabinet. So Soyla left after a year um, that that I had been working there. So I became the acting director okay. of that office. And, um, you know, I was part of establishing, establishing the Multicultural Center, which isn't mm -hmm. quite what it is anymore. Um, work with a lot of students, work with faculty, work with admin. Um, and then we, Nancy Vickers was the president mm -hmm, and, yeah. and signed on to work with Posse, the Posse Foundation. Yes, so I yeah. was the on-campus mentor for the, the Posse One, for my Posse Oh, one. wow. When it first so, started, yeah. Yeah, so I uh, I was working like 80 hour weeks though. I'm it sure, was... yeah. And supporting, <laughs> I mean, supporting students in so many different ways in addition to the yeah. rest of the work that we're doing. Yeah. Yes. So um, then I met my now, my wife now, um, <laughs> she lived in New York um, with her son and he's eight, I think when I met him. And then they lived here, extended family is here. She was a single mom um, and so I moved here, worked at Barnard uh, in the admissions office because some of what I also did at Bryn Mawr was to be a part of the admissions, you know, help bring them in, help recruit yeah. them, and then help them stay. I mean, yeah. when people <laughs> would ask me, you know, sort of a two-second synopsis of what I did, I was like, you know, I helped, I am part of the recruitment of folks, and then it's my job to help them stay because mm -hmm. at that moment in time, um, you know, maybe if, if six black students came in, 
to a class, um, maybe three of them were graduating. And that was, that was a high one. So it was, so some of the retention issues were pretty big. But then I moved to New York. I worked in admissions at Barnard as the multicultural mm-hmm. uh, or minority student person. Uh, yeah. um, and it was it was an interesting experience. Um, I made me appreciate Bryn Mawr. Oh, interesting. That much more. Um, <laughs> but, but also a good experience. And I still yeah. ended up working a lot with students of color. Mm-hmm. Um, helping to recruit them, but also having the um, ability to talk to students about applying to college, mm-hmm. you know, and not everybody comes from backgrounds where, right, right, you know how to do that. So, mm-hmm. uh, but admissions is a young person's game. And by the time I moved to New York, I was almost 40. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Hampton Inns didn't, really suit me in my back there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of traveling involved a lot of traveling and it was back you know every nothing was virtual so you go right. with your boxes and your pencils right. yeah. and all the um so I I uh when I left Barnard I um went to work at a couple of New York City private schools doing being their diversity mm-hmm. um directors Worked at Trinity um, School and then also Friend Seminary. Um, and again, so how did my social work degree come into play? Well, there's certainly the interpersonal, there's the sure. um, helping parents and students and, you know, helping to shape policy and every now and then, you know, shaking some sense into people. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, that's what you have to do sometimes. Um, and, and, you know, so being a part of an organization, being part of teams, being um, able to sort of see big, bigger pictures mm-hmm. or even just what's happening in a meeting mm-hmm. that other people aren't seeing, you right. know, that are, in, you know, um, so, so um, it, these were interesting things. I got to teach classes like, you know, puberty to sixth graders. Oh. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, fun stuff You're like in... that. Yeah. <laughs> but also being an advisor to the high school students. And um it, it was it was uh, New York is a whole different ballgame yes. than Philadelphia. <laughs> and so yeah. I was not accustomed to sort of um I mean I dealt with a lot of um wealthy people, families uh, organizations in Philly and the way that wealth plays out in New York City mm-hmm. was something I had no mm. blew my mind mm-hmm. uh, so working at these private schools was really I didn't understand how tough it would be even yeah. at the Quaker school you know oh I'm sure yeah still, there's a still a lot of things that I didn't understand mm-hmm. I didn't understand um so I had always wanted to be a clinician. Um, my mom works, uh, worked for the DC government um, and um, public benefits. Like she was mm-hmm. on the front, mm-hmm. you know, when, yeah. when, you know, Linda Bain Johnson said, we're you know, doing the war on poverty and doing, right. um, starting all these uh, wow. public benefit programs. Yeah. So she, mm-hmm. so she was a case manager 
her sister, my aunt, was a social worker. She, they, you know, everybody went to college. So it was just a matter of, but my mom was really much, very much like, we don't do therapy. Black people don't do therapy, you know. Um, you know, go to church. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, you know, where you work it all out. Mm -hmm. So I actually started therapy back when I lived in DC at the Smithsonian um, and just got more and more into the idea that I really wanted to be a clinician. Mm -hmm. um, so while I was still at Friends Seminary, I decided to just um, figure out ways I could do that, become yeah. licensed. And one of the ways was to, um, and I started working with an analyst, psychoanalyst, mm -hmm. my own work, and decided, you know, and felt like I, I really liked that um, way of thinking and the way of sort of practicing interpersonal, relational interpersonal, um, not so much the Freud. Yes, yeah. Beyond the Freudian, sort yeah. of old-fashioned Freudian. Um. I, um, and so that training was five years. So, um, I became a licensed master's social worker. So I could begin to, um, do cl clinical work, mm -hmm. um, under supervision as part mm -hmm. of my training. And then, um, in 2015, I left, um, Friends Seminary mm -hmm. and went to um and started uh seeing patients full-time again under oh, wow. supervision and um so there's that um yeah. and then but I also have had the opportunity to um um you know be a part of these organizations be a part of psychoanalytical psychoanalytic uh training programs um I do you know I write papers I um speak at conferences I teach at different institutes in the city um and again my social work degree allows for um being able to see organizations holistically so right the training the training that institutes do often are, are very good um but they're they're poorly organized for the most part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um and you know sometimes analysts and therapists don't make the best organization mm. yeah they don't always run organizations well so or clinicians anyway so that is what I do uh, I love what I do, and I I really think that my work, my degree from social work school, and all the opportunities that afforded me, um, I still use. I still. Yeah, and thank you so much for sharing your journey too, because there are so many elements that I think have built upon one another, and so many pieces. Just yeah. hearing your account of the history of the school and what your experience mm -hmm. was like and how that also connected to other experiences in, in different academic spaces, mm -hmm. but how that kind of connects to where you are now. It's just really valuable and meaningful to hear that whole journey and to hear how mm -hmm. it all uh, links together. And 
I think also it speaks to how we bring so much of our story and ourselves into social work. And absolutely, it's really a profession that requires that. Um, mm-hmm. that people get into it for other, for people often have reasons and experiences that bring them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank I, you. Um, yeah. I, um, when I joined the Bryn Mawr alumna board, I was asked to be on that. Um, and it was 10 years after I'd left mm-hmm. Bryn Mawr. And my job as the um, head, of, or, you know, I was the acting head of institutional diversity. Six different people were doing the wow. jobs that I did. Wow. <laughs> Oh and and it was this moment where it's like, okay, I really was exhausted. You know, like it, was, <laughs> it wasn't a fantasy. I no, really, to have really that. Could. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so then, um, and then I guess three, four years ago, I was asked to be on the board of trustees and, and part of, you know, um, one of the asks that the board was, was to join the board of advisors. Um, at a social work school. And okay. That has been really um, a great um, experience because I get to hear and see so much of what's going on at the social work school. And it's, you know, it's, it's fabulous. You know? Yeah. Um, just the way the program has grown. Um, and I know there were some rough lean years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to see, so when I was on the alumna board, you know, there had been a lot of transition. There had been a lot of, um, you know, people retired and, sure. yeah. you know, searches were hard because the financial situation of the college, of mm-hmm. the social work school was, you know, really shaky. Um, and it's been wonderful to be back and be back in touch and to feel like I'm, I don't know, I won't say, you know, getting to play a part in, mm-hmm. you know, how the school, how the school is organizing itself, but um, I am grateful to be able to be a part, and um, Dean Shapiro was a new professor in the social work school, and she was pregnant with her <laughs> a child, and oh. um it's so interesting to come back and 20 years later, your daughter's, yeah. I think, finished high school and um, so much has changed and she's fabulous to work with as, mm-hmm. as, as part of the board of trustees as mm-hmm. well. And I feel like one of my, um, one of my jobs as a trustee of the college is to strongly advocate for the social work school um, to be visible in mm-hmm. that space I mean college is obviously an undergraduate college but mm-hmm. I get to be the one that's like raises my hand yes. like um <laughs> social work school <laughs> yes. I, think that's, I I really I so I was um thank you for bringing us into the board of advisors because I um uh, in your experience because I that was something um yeah I'm, I'm really glad you said that because there is a part of it where within the context of the college and the institution, like advocating for the social work school is a really important point. Yeah, We are absolutely a proud part of the college. However, it, there is not only like a bit of a physical distance between absolutely. the two, but yeah, absolutely. There can, that can create 
um, some, yeah, just sometimes student, our students not feeling as connected for mm-hmm. legal reasons, but also maybe other reasons. Right. So well, you know, and it's things like, um, buses going back and forth from the sure. campus. Yeah. You know, um, when I was still trying to think about what my second field placement was going to be, part of why I approached Stoila um, was that I was having, I would have lunch sometimes in the cafe, um, mm-hmm. in the student center. And um, it was Stoila, who's, who's a Black woman, and another woman, um, I wish I could remember her name, but I can't. And she was, she was head of like student activities. And they couldn't get through their lunch because so many students, so many students of color we're just you know talking to them talking them through helping them um some of it was you know fun and lively but some of it was like they were really struggling and Mm -hmm. so I approached Soyla and I said you know it seems like you use some help yes (laughs) and 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 that and that's you know and um and so my commitment to Bryn Mawr, I even think it stems from having been able to work so closely with the undergraduate college, but, and so in coming back to do, you know, to be a part of the board of trustees and advisors, you know, really is about like, how do organizations run? How does mm-hmm. this organization, you know, access, you know, that I guess if I were to sort of think about my, what's become my sort of thing mm-hmm. is access who has access, who doesn't, what, what are the barriers, right. what yeah. barriers can we take? So what, so what I was saying, you know, I was on main campus to study and mm-hmm. eat and things like mm-hmm. that. I think my second year I had a car, so it was easier, but again, I didn't have a car my first year. Sure, yeah. yeah. And, um, and I'm really excited for, I'm going to get it wrong. The student support, um, mm-hmm programs that have yeah. started I think under yes. Janet yeah we have a pretty robust student services group and one of the biggest concerns that we have and we talk a lot about is around access and mm-hmm. what higher education has traditionally how how higher education has traditionally interacted with folks who are not um, familiar with the experience or who are new and who are mm-hmm. developing, you know, who are, or who are coming into social work school, maybe not familiar with a higher education academic space and how mm-hmm. traditionally there's been a lot of um, uh, looking at how you as a person can, can conform or can, yeah. quote, I'm using quotes, nobody can see me, but fix mm-hmm the way you're approaching higher education, right. what we expect of you versus especially, you know, our job as social workers, but especially in our school, but just higher education in general and the academic space, what can we do as an institution to, to break down barriers and to mm-hmm. support, to continue to engage students and bring in, in folks from different backgrounds. And I think mm-hmm. that's been a really core part of student services is taking moving away from that deficit approach that higher education mm-hmm. has always used and moving towards a very social worky but strengths based approach of looking at yeah. what different people are bringing and how we can support and making that part yeah. of our community so 
how 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 we add, I mean how do you add mm -hmm. uh, you know add value sounds like you know some other world I used to live in but you know it's it's not oh I've got you know there's just a, there's a zero sum game and so if I'm here mm -hmm. and I got a space mm -hmm. then there's no room for anybody else right right and so you know how do we how do we consider um expanding mm -hmm. you know not contracting it's not about mm -hmm. you got yours and you need to leave and we don't think we don't do it consciously obviously but there are ways yeah i think in which the system of higher ed institutions have been set up in that way and yeah. really trying to to break that down and mm -hmm. break down that hierarchy um and so yeah. yes the student support team definitely I'm I'm really excited about that, and I'm, you know, sort of pushing and angling about how to um, help support that, mm -hmm. that those programs. Um, you know, both with with resources, but also mm -hmm. just spreading the word. That yeah, these things are. Yeah, these, this is what's happening, and right. this is important. And how come the buses don't run? Oh yes. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> There's so many small pieces like that as well. Yeah, um, that are that are integral in, in making this a reality, and yeah. that also all goes. And I I work very I work on the student support services team, and we also always talk about how our we consider our work social work practice as well, and yeah, that that is part of not only just because it's a social work school, but what we're doing and. Mm -hmm the way we're thinking about things and looking at things from a, mm -hmm. like I said before, strength space, but advocacy, solidarity perspective and mm -hmm. equity lens and critical lens is all yeah. part of social work. So it never- as And you you're said, supposed to read the book, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> and that too. <laughs> um, as you said before, there's so many ways in which the social work career just opens you up to thinking about things differently and mm -hmm. approaching conversations and challenges differently. Um, yeah. So as we are, as we are winding down, if you could share um, mm -hmm. one piece of advice that you wish you had received or something that you did receive when you were going to school that mm -hmm. would be useful for our current master students to hear. Um, um. Yeah, that's interesting. I think when I was considering social work school back in the mid nineties, early mid nineties, um, I mean, I I think one of the best things about um, studying social work, being a social worker. It is the flexibility. Mm -hmm. it is is um it's okay to think expansively. Um it's okay to, you know, think about social work in lots of areas that aren't necessarily direct service, you know, um, but also um, you know, when you're on boards. Um, right. You know, yeah. When you're um, when you're asked to be, I'm not being funny, 
when you're asked to be um, the head of a committee at your mm -hmm. kid's school, you right. know, that, you know, those are the skills and that there's, you know, the sky's kind of the limit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then the other thing that I think is hard to talk about since the pandemic, but even before, when I was in social work school, the idea that you would ask for more money that you yeah. would, um, that you, you consider that, I mean, one of the reasons I signed up for that federal program was that um, I was, I was, I was making pretty okay money mm -hmm. before I came to social work school. Um, I mean, I was a director, I was this, I was mm -hmm. that. And I really, the idea that I would, you know, take, I would lose, you know, I would go back to making half of what I had been making. And none of it was a lot of money, but, you know, it was just sort of assumed that, you know, of course you, um, you know, advocate for yourself. You don't sell yourself short. So I think that's something I had to learn um, as, as, as part of social work sort of school and mentality at that time, again, and career changers, people who had, um, you know, partners. Um, mm -hmm. so, I mean, it was majority women, um, majority women who had not worked outside of the home. Oh, wow. That's um, a lot, you know, or, you know, did it and then, you know, had kids or had to mm -hmm. move or whatever, um, but weren't so much advocating for getting paid. Right, yeah. <laughs> A livable rate, a wage. So, I mean, that's part of. Um, so, opening up those conversations, I think, are very important. Yeah, that no, would I be think. my. That would be my. Uh, which which plays into the things that students need now. Mm -hmm. Um, that don't come necessarily with. You know, being married and mm. not being, you know, not having to work, and you know, mm -hmm. it's like everybody's not married to people in finance <laughs> <laughs> and everybody doesn't want to be married everybody doesn't want to no. be partnered and so you gotta want you know it should be that everybody is trying to make mm -hmm. a decent living yeah and I think it says something about valuing the profession and valuing the the communities that social workers support because there's a lot mm -hmm. of it and if you're underpaying social workers what is that say about how mm -hmm. you as an organization are, are valuing the services that are supporting mm -hmm. communities. Right. I mean, I've, I've been on, you know, boards and working groups for a lot of places where, you know, they want somebody to do, you know, these many things. I'm talking about religious organizations. Mm -hmm. It was like, well, I don't want, you know, lots of places and they want, and you need lots of education. Yeah to yeah. be there and wherever you live across the limit. Oh, let's pay them thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> Cause it'd be half time. Well and like full time salary needs needs some adjustment also. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, I mean I would say no to that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, um I would say no because yeah. I love your mission. I love this, but I can't I can't work for free. No, no and Yes, absolutely not. 
Um, and I, I also love that you brought in the boards idea because we have a student who is in her, um, in her second year and she's been working a lot on, she's been one of our fellows for the summer working on social sector leadership, but she's a career changer who is a lawyer for a long time. And we're going to be doing a, an interview together as well to talk about her experience. But one of the things she's bringing um, from her experience as a lawyer who worked in different policy organizations is this passion for teaching about boards and board membership and why it's so important to have social workers on boards and demystifying the board experience because there's such an element of advocacy and solidarity that comes from being on right. a board. And anyway, she'll get into it more, but um, okay. she Good will one. be doing a, a whole training for, for current students. Um, she'll mm -hmm. be doing talks on it, but also hopefully making it into a larger training for the school as yeah. well. So that was a just a very um, serendipitous thing that you brought up because we had just been yeah. talking about it. So Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. For this opportunity again. Thank I you. Think I my email. Thank you for thanking of me and inviting me. Yeah. Um, you. This I hope has been helpful. Oh, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing with me, and I'm so excited to be able to share this with everybody else. So. Okay, and hopefully yeah. we'll see each other on yes. campus. Definitely. Okay. Thank you. All right. You take care. Have Thanks. a good. Is it what day is it? It's Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>